There, there we are. Okay, so um, my typical intro is a little off, but uh, we're going, we're going to hit into this. So um, welcome everybody. It's just me today. Uh, the two studs are in Orlando at the CFI FCICA convention. I'll be joining up with those dudes tomorrow and as well as the uh, princess, uh, you know what? I'm not sure if Crystal is going to be there, to be honest with you, because Miss Crystal Sims is uh, also competing uh, at the regional qualifier for the um, installer challenge coming up at Tice in, in uh, January. So, in, installer of the year. So, uh, you guys have me and the boys will join when they get on from uh, whatever they're doing. Hey, fellas. So as stated, they're down in Orlando and uh, at the show. And uh, what's up, guys? They're still connecting. So I'm going to start off with giving you uh, a quick overview of what we're going to be discussing today. Obviously, the guys are down at the... Uh, uh, FCICA and CFI show, but today is around managing installation teams. Now, this particular topic is more so the installer who then hires some other installers and kind of has, uh, you know, a couple crews working with him and he starts managing um, those crews and taking on more work and some of the tips, tricks, and strategies, uh, as, and particularly some shortfall or pitfalls that we, uh, we've we experienced over the years uh, in working with subs who went through that progression. So can you guys hear me there down in fancy Florida? They may hear me, but we can't hear them. So voice check, voice check, not working. Okay. So I'm going to lead in and these guys will join in whenever they get the audio set up. So, you know, it's it's a pretty common progression when an installer goes out on his own. Yeah, they are. It's not a cord, it's a port. We can hear you guys. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Can you hear us? Yep. Daniel's just awesome. trying to get the camera set up. So, What's up, fellas? How, how was the trip? Scramble mode is all. The trip the trip is good. It was uh, I've been down here for a few days already. Daniel and them got down here yesterday. Um, I mean, it is what it is. You used to be on a plane. It was just a standard flight. Man. Sweet. I don't need that. Well, today, um, as I previously stated, we're going to be going over managing installation teams and, and really what that boils down to is um, an, an installer going through the progression of maybe he was an hourly or a helper with someone or an apprentice and then became an installer himself or herself and then decided to grow their team and start taking on more work. It's a pretty standard progression with a good installer is that they will take on the uh, additional, um, you know, manpower or team up with some other guys and uh, start doing more work. So that being said, the um, couple of the pitfalls that I've experienced in this progression is, you know, overestimating what that what one of your crews can do and taking on more work than you have the capability of actually completing. Um, we've seen a lot of guys get into trouble with that. Um, also in that same vein is, is maybe overestimating their ability uh, or that they're going to treat the job the way you would. So in both accords, uh, accountability is a kind of a key component. So if you're a, installer and you're running a, a few subs or a few guys working with you as a sub uh, or a few crews um, the the key is accountability like you know checking in with them having uh, conversations about your quality um, 
as well as making sure your crews are trained. Uh, the 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 biggest pitfall that I've seen is um, we award a job to somebody and they have one of their crews do it and the quality expectation is not there um, and it doesn't match with the lead installer who we've worked for worked with for many years uh, may have been you know capable of delivering and what we're used to receiving from that uh, that particular crew so all I can say is make sure that you place your crews uh, or your your even if they're on your W two and you're paying them by the hour or however your arrangement is, just making sure you understand their capabilities and that you put them on jobs where they're going to be successful. Are you guys uh, audioed up and and I think and we're with good us? now. You, can you hear us? Yep. Well, you guys rock. Stepping away from 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 the activities down there. Um, well, you guys, you know, to drill down on this, you guys use subs and, and um, have you guys experienced some of that where you're used to working with a certain guy and he's hired another, uh, another um, crew and, and he's running two or three crews and running himself. And then, you get a job that's not quite up to par from a quality or performance standpoint. Um, I don't, I don't think we, we personally have not run into that. Right. Cause if we hire someone direct, um, we're, we know that we're hiring them and they don't have someone else that, that's coming in. So I can't uh, personally say that we've experienced that. However, we have been that sub before that needed extra outside help. Um, and have reached out to, uh, you know, ex-employee who's on their own or someone who we've worked alongside to help us out and the work hasn't been up to par. So um, that has happened and I totally get it, I understand. And um, we are always open and honest about that situation when it, when it happens, like, hey, we're a little bit overwhelmed right now. In order for us to make this happen, I got to bring somebody else on. Um, and fortunate enough, we, we, we work with people who are very understanding and we understand that we have full responsibility to remedy anything that that individual who is helping us out uh, has done wrong or may, may have caused. So we've been pretty fortunate. It's only been a couple little things and they've always been minor, but, but that's about it. And, and a lot, honestly, a lot of the, a lot of the downfall to some of those experiences has been communication, right? Uh, the other person just doesn't communicate the same way we do or the same way we've had the, the people we have the, the luxury of working with uh, become accustomed to. Yeah. Yeah, communication seems to be that foundational piece that always comes yeah. up in almost all of these com uh, podcasts. And it's because it's such an in, uh, important part of, of getting uh, work done, especially when you're talking about working with a, you got a new guy going to a job and, and all the moving factors on a project It communication becomes like the most important thing. Um, yeah, we've, we've experienced that we've had guys that worked, uh, you know, with us for many, many years. And then as they got more and more work, more and more capabilities, got to know some other people in the industry that bring on new crews or new team members and leave a guy or a gal even uh, on the job site and not the, the same level of communication, expectation and quality and all those things, just they're, they're not the same. Now, we've also had it work out plenty of times and the times that it's worked out, it's it's been where they communicate with the main guy or the main person in a high quality manner. And then that person communicates with us the way we're used to, and then it works. And when, when I would also say on a quality front, the guys that, uh, the crews are, that perform very well, uh, under this condition are ones that value getting their team trained or sending them to, certification courses or or what have you 
uh, one of our larger subs has a couple of crews that are just phenomenal and he's invested in them by sending them to, you know, protect all uh, training. He invested in one and got them uh, CT, sent them to CTI certification course. And so uh, on the tile side. So when you're making sure your team is as well trained and capable as yourself, that's when success can happen but remember that communication is always key yeah 100 percent. and um it, to add to that too because you had mentioned something early on about uh setting up for success right not in those words but sometimes you got to put your guys out there uh in, in awkward positions for them and for you to find out if they could if the outcome is what you need if they're going to perform under pressure if they're going to be able to delegate tasks uh, and run a crew, right? Someone who's got the best hand skills might not be the best lead. Someone who's a really good lead might not have all the knowledge that they can move move the parts around where they need to be. Um, and it, it, yeah, it, uh, Mr. Rollin Thompson's here, by the way. Uh, he, he just brought it in. Instead of him commenting here, look, let's just add him to the... Let's add him to the couch. This is my oh, oh, let's see this old man. Can sit down here. <laughs> What's up, Roland? Good there, buddy. Good to so, see you, sir. We'll, we'll, my, we'll comment, be, we'll... my comment was so many times a fantastic coach, whether it was football, baseball, whatever, was not always the best player in school or a player mm -hmm. in college. But they had that knowledge and they had that talent to know how to put the pieces together to make a, a good team it's the same thing in our business you know it's not always your guy that has the best hand skills that has that best knowledge of how to put a project together especially on a big commercial project he has to be able yeah. to work with the G he's got to work with the gm he's got to work with the designers i work with the architect so your 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 guy with a good hand skills is good at performing that but not always not always good at lining that up for that performance to go so yeah that's that's a, ends, i don't know if that's all you were talking about but that's well that's that's the bulk of what we're talking about and that's a good point is you know uh, we talk about making sure that your team is trained but you got to make sure that you have the the capability and that you're equipped to be able to manage and run other people because managing people is what you're doing when you start um bringing on new team members and sending them out to projects. You got to be able to be a efficient. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you got to be an efficient well, I, manager I, I, yeah. and not always have to be the absolute best installer yourself, but you definitely have to be a good manager of other people. And, and that's what is, is, is um, understanding people, finding common ground, uh, being able to relate, or relate um, as far as lingual, lingo and, uh, and if you're a people person, you're a people person, right? It doesn't matter what crowd you're in. Um, and, and that's a lot of the battle right there. And like I say all the time, we just said it again today, communication. If you know how to communicate with many different levels of people, um, you're going to find success in leadership. Um, it, it's just hard to stay away from a leadership role or position if your communication skills are are, are better than your uh, your hand skills or your execution in anything that you do. Well, I sort of give an example that I can come from me, all right? I'm here. I couldn't be here without my guy back at home, all right? I do the trainings. For, for, I had I was at a point in my business that either I was gonna have to cut back the, the trainings I do, cut back, you know, TV stuff I do and give more time there because I was, you know, I needed to give it to it. So instead, I went out and knowing people I know, I got the best salesperson in the area. He's always been known. Everybody's sought after him. He knows how he's been selling and his dad had a store. He knows how to order. He knows how to schedule the guys he knows how to close deals right so i went out and got him put him there so when i'm gone i can feel confident 
that my business is back there running. So could he could he install a single lick? No, <laughs> he can't. All right, is he fi a financial wizard? No, he's not. All right, but is he a wizard when it comes to selling and closing the deal in hand, calling the manufacturers, following tracking orders? He knows how to do that, and he's very very good at it. All right, well that's what I needed him for. All right, so that's so when you're an installer and you're looking at or you're running crews or you're looking at jobs, you need to look at the person that can enhance what you can't do mm -hmm. or what you might can do, but you have other things to do. So you look at that hole that's missing in your, in your company, your business, and you then feed it with somebody that knows how to do that. And in that case, in my case, is my salesman, right? Um, but in the case of an installer, like I said, it could be somebody that, that might not have the best, you know, skills at everything, but has the skills that you need. Yeah, that's a good point. I, 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 it brings up another question. So, you know, so often installers, because they're good, a, a high quality guy or, or just a high quality crew in general will get more, more and more offers for work and for projects, especially in the commercial world, I'm sure it's the same in the residential world. And then they they get this feeling like they got to go get more people. What you're kind of been alluding to is you better self-evaluate and right. find out where your weak points are so that you can hire to uh, accommodate for those weak points. So if you're not the best scheduler and the best person at following up, maybe hiring someone like that and you stay out on your knees installing if you're that good with your hands until you get somebody that can help you kind of run your crews and schedule and, and do that piece. So a little bit of self-evaluation, it sounds like is necessary uh, kind of fill in those, uh, you know, we'll call them talent holes. Yeah. And, and I, that's what I was more or less relating to is that, you know, I, I had my need. I had my wants that I wanted to do, and that was to keep training and keep doing that stuff. So I looked at my need because I could have done it. I could have kept back and done it, but I had to give up what I like doing, right? So I looked at my need, and then I looked at and evaluated who I could put in that need that could fulfill it, right? So the same thing, like you said, you know, you get installers and they want to get big and get more crews and more crews. I did that years ago when I, when I subcontracted. You know, I brought on more guys and I was running multiple crews and, you know, and I ended up working more hours because I didn't, you know, I was young. I was hungry of getting to work. All I cared about is I was doing every job in the area. Everybody was calling me, but I, I wasn't really getting anything more at the end of the day because I was busy going back because guys got called in sick and, and I had to go fill it in. So I had to work 18 hours that day because I had to do my job and the other job. So hey, it's not always, days. you know, those days. So it's not always, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so it's not always getting bigger. If you decide to get bigger, which is great because there's a lot of successful, bigger outfits. But if you go back and find, you're going to find they had a person there that had the talent to tell good talent. Do you know, yeah. sort of understand? So they they hired smartly, and they grew smartly. So you know, my my, I guess advice to somebody who's thinking of that or we're doing that would be: don't jump to it. Hire and look smartly. Yeah. So 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 be strategic in your hires and your intention, and and understand the, the pitfalls. And I think uh, was that uh, Gino. Uh, Wickman. Gino Wickman has a couple of books that, that refer to EOS, the entrepreneur operating system, right? Um, right people, the right seats. Like, like I didn't know until we read that book. I didn't know until it was presented to us, but it just, something so simple makes so much sense. Right. And that's what he says. He says, uh, hire slow and hire well, fast. I am actually in a talk out group with your, your sister, little baby sister. Oh, you better get in there. And, 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 and we're supposed to get up in days that I can't get up front and present it because I do all the time. So I said, I'm out of here. 
says, you better be coming back. So I better get I'm going back. Well, and yeah. Thank, thanks for joining us and appreciate your input, sir. Hey, no problem. You guys have a good show. I got to get back into the into our break. <laughs> Duty calls. Yeah. That sounds good. Duty calls. We did kind of ditch ditched them a little bit and they broke up into groups and then uh but yeah Daniel's it's all right so um well it's interesting having Roland come in and, and chat through that I wish I'd have had one I have one more question for him which was specific pitfalls that he's seen um because I I when I was a sub and I had uh, my cruise, I did the same as everybody, which, uh, or I should say I did it the wrong way. I won't say I did the, the same as everybody. I did it the wrong way. I just started filling bodies with installers and then had the same exact thing that Roland was, uh, alluding to there, which is a guy wouldn't show up, no call, no show. And I'd have to still get that client's day's worth of work done even though I had my own crew going and it's like, you just want to add to try to fulfill the need because there's so much, if you're a good installer, there's a ton of work out there and yeah. um, trying to fulfill that need. And I kind of had the same ego that Roland was just talking about. I just cared that I was doing all this work and wanted to drive by buildings and say, I did that when I did that when I did that one. Uh, but at the end of the day, if it's not done right, um, you know, if you don't realize in yourself that you're not the best manager of other people, then maybe you should hire that role first and then start to build your, your crews out. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that was a pitfall for me. Like Roland said, I was young as well. And for us, just, we did the same. We, we tried to get too much work. Like you look at it like, oh, if I get more work, I'll be more profitable. The business will be more successful. And, you know, as I was just talking with uh, or texting with my buddy Ray, who actually got me in the flooring industry um, uh, with him the other day is, you know, he's, he said, uh, I've hit this dollar amount and this much money is net profit so far this year. And I said, you know, more people doesn't mean more profit. And he said, it took me so many years to understand that. You know, and that's what we did. We got too many people, too many crews going. We we're putting out fires, uh, babysitting a lot. Margins went down. The overall dollar amount went up, right? Don't get me wrong. Like, it went up, but what was left over after it went up wasn't worth all the headache and the hassle. Like, And that was young business mind, naive, not knowing what to do. And not understanding the, the that concept of right people, right seat. Um, and, and that thing applies to way more than just running a business, right? That applies to your crew, you know, a crew of two, crew of three. You don't want the wrong person talking to the clients. You don't want the wrong person installing the material they're not comfortable with because the other person, I have seniority, I got to go talk to the client. You know, it's like, you got to be sure. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of the the larger crews that do well have a a point person, a a a, a not necessarily even just a salesperson, but like an assistant that schedules the crews and makes sure that you know they have everything. I wish I would have thought that way back then. I just hired more people. Well, I'm doing the payroll. I'm figuring out who's going well, where I'm managing. I'm making sure they got gas in their truck. I'm, you know, all this stuff. And then I'm more still trying to install. It was, it was, it was a, it was a mess. That's and where you, you get the title of CEO, chief everything officer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, uh, that times too, it felt like, you know, you're doing absolutely everything. And like you said, it, it did not turn into a greater bottom line for me. Uh, it turned into certainly more money, but more headache. And like I said, if you, if you evaluate those, um, is, is juice worth the squeeze? And so, you know, worth the squeeze. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so I, I, I think getting somebody there that can help you manage the timing of everything. And that would, that's a, that's a, a key component I see in some of the bigger crews that they have more than just 
the lead with two guys or something. If it's bigger than that, you start getting and splitting up and going to different job sites. That's when you ought to start thinking about somebody to schedule your time and and uh, eventually trying to replace yourself from an installation standpoint. You ought to have that first uh, kind of scheduler manager type person in place. Um, I know one crew in particular uh, that does it really well, but they didn't, they did not hire that manager until the pain was high enough that he was like, I have to find somebody. And it improved his business quite a bit, just having somebody running around at the job sites, making sure everybody had what they needed, checking on the everybody. And he was able to just, you know, he's able to just install. And uh, now he doesn't even have to do that. He, he's just the face of the deal and managing the crews. And you know what, and, and, and some of, um, some of what I've experienced, what we've experienced is nothing is guaranteed, right? Like you're, you're making changes and you're trying to do all this, but nothing is guaranteed. Um, all, you, all you can do is just keep pushing forward and trying to make your decisions work and trying to make the business successful. And, uh, sometimes you just gotta take that leap of faith and, and hope for the best. And a, a lot of uh, the reservation that we've had through some of the growth is we're just afraid to give someone that that power over what we've been controlling, right? And sometimes that is very hard because some decisions that people make within your company could affect more than just your company or you. It could affect everyone else that is blanketed under that. And uh, you, you got to make sure that you have the right people. You might not always feel like you're financially ready for some of that change, but if that person helps generate the revenue to offset their wages plus some, um, having that that outlook is, is is huge too. But having people to talk to like Paul, who's been through it and who has said, "You're going to yield some results. You just you you just have to you have to trust the process." Um, yeah, that, that, yeah, and that that brings up my the the second point, which is um, I found a lot of times the guys that are out hiring people or uh, looking for for um, crew members do not take into account the things that I've learned in business, which is hiring based on culture. Now, you may not feel like you have a culture as a uh, installation company, but you you honestly do. You just don't know what it is. So evaluate that. And what I mean by that, if you're the early morning, hardworking guy that, you know, uh, you and your guys and girls get up early and you guys get going and, and you're going to hire somebody who's notoriously shows up at job sites at 10 o'clock and expect it because now they work for you that that's going to change. And I've seen that as the other major pitfall. Like if you are the go-getter early morning kind of person and, and you, you're a hard worker and this other installer is known for, like I said, showing up, you know, at nine, 10 o'clock in the morning or always has a, a vehicle issue or leans on excuses a lot near the no excuse kind of person, you better make sure you guys mesh well. You know, uh, I don't think enough people think of that there. That's why you see, um, at least I have seen guys that work for different crews and they'll, they'll work for this crew for a while. And then next thing you know, they're over here working for some other sub and then Next thing you know, they're working on their own and then they 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 go back to work for another sub over here and they're just always moving around. Well, you got to make sure that whoever you're hiring makes a fit with how if if you don't feel like you have a culture, think about it like personality, that their personality matches with yours, that their work ethic, you know, their temperament, all those things, everything meshes well before you hire them. Um don't just hire somebody because they know how to install a, a flooring product that you want to install, you know, make sure they're a good fit for your personality and, and the way you want your business to run. 
because I, I can tell you one thing that I can vouch for, and I know these guys can, is the buck stops with you. It's not like whoever you're working for, the GC is going to, you know, or if you're working for a flooring store that, that they're going to go worry about, oh, I'm sorry, I sent this guy over there. No, they hired you to do the job. The buck yeah. stops with the main guy. So yeah, it doesn't matter who, like you said, you, you, um, they hire you and the person you sent is a representative of you and an extension of your company, whether they're an employee or a subcontractor, they're still an extension. of. Well, your company. you think about it like when you see some of these posts on like we're I'm in some community groups, right, for our city. And some people will be like, I went to this chain restaurant and this person was horrible. I'll never go there again. And it's not the owner's fault or it's not the owner that did it to them or anything. It's that one employee that made them decide I'm never going to go to this specific location again. It's the same thing when you're dealing with, you know, us or someone that, that works for us. It's everyone has to have the same attitude going into the day in order for, for you guys to mesh well. Yeah. I think everybody's in yeah. bad days to you, right? It just sucks that, you can do a million things right. It's just everybody always remembers you for the one thing you did wrong, um, depending on how how much they they like to hover over that one thing. Yeah, at the end of the day, though, um, in construction, the good quality people, even through those mistakes, always kind of land on their feet because while you might take it in the old shorts on a particular project, we've we've experienced that the company or the GC we're working for or whatever will come back around and realize that it was, you know, a pretty isolated issue. The key is though, when it's not an isolated issue, when it's something that continuously happens, then you got to evaluate who you're hiring and, and make sure that you're, you know, getting those, those people that are going to fulfill the job the same way that you have fulfilled them. It's a really kind of a, sticky scenario with with installation teams it's you know i've plenty of times hired a guy and he sends out um you know another crew and that crew does a fantastic job and then another time he'll send out a different crew that doesn't do such a fantastic job well it's not like i threw him to the curb over it but you know the key is, is if that continued to happen with every crew he gave me, well, then I would have to evaluate whether or not we could do business with them anymore. Yeah. And that's where he has to evaluate if he's going to do business with the person that keeps on messing up for him as well. Right. Cause the, a lot of our, our, what we call our differentiator in, um, in our area is that we do hire employees and we do pay them on a W2. So uh, they kind of the construction companies kind of know what they're getting. They're like, oh, we're hiring them. Yeah, I know this is who's going to be there on site. And a, a, not a lot of the times, but uh, a lot of the construction companies have, you know, come up to me and was like, you know, that's the reason why you won this bid is because we know exactly what we're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys have done a really good job of like managing your growth to not go, you know, crazy and then all of a sudden have to hire a bunch of uh, sub crews that you don't know. You have some select guys that you use, but for the most part, you handle your work with W with your W two employees and try to hire right. But and that's a caution. That's a that's a success tale for for installers out there looking to grow. And you guys grew your installation business into a full service shop. I did the same thing. So we have that in common. And one of the common grounds we've had over this time of, of uh, getting to know each other over the years is the fact that we have that in common. We both made mistakes, but at this juncture, we've learned a lot of things. And we're just trying to tell you guys out there that if you want to do the same kind of progression uh there are some easier ways than the way i did it i'll tell you that and one of them is hiring right and not hiring out of desperation hiring the right people that fit you and when you feel like you have a culture i'd say fit your culture you know um 
one of my mentors, Andy uh, Frisella with First Form out of St. Louis, he'll go out when he hires. Now, this is a big company, but I thought this was interesting. When he has somebody that he's interested in through an interview, he'll actually go out and look in their car and see if it's tidy and if it's or if it's a mess. And he does that because not because it would matter at another place, but he that's one of his pet peeves is someone. I mean, he'd hate me. My desk is a messy mess. It, to me, it wouldn't matter to <laughs> two cents whether or not your car is a mess. But to him because that's his culture and how he is, he, um, he goes out and check and takes a, takes a peek in their vehicle before, before he signs on the dotted line to hire somebody, sees if they kind of match him. So that's probably a bit of an extreme case, but that's still the same, same thought process. Not really. I I mean, I get it, right? You want, you want to see how someone handles, handles their, or keeps their personal stuff uh, if they keep their personal stuff nice, chances are they're going to keep something that doesn't belong to them nice as well. I get it. And and I used to tell the guys all the time when I was in the field, like, hey, we've got to keep the van clean. Like, I don't like this mess. Pick up your mess. And and there somebody asked me why. And I was like, what happens if we go to a job site one time and the person we're doing the work for or, um, or a store that hires us says, you know what? It's easier if I just hop in your vehicle and I'll show you where to go. So let me just hop in. Let's ride together. Like, are you going to be like, hold on a minute? Or are you going to say, all right, come right <laughs> on in, right? Like, so, you know, what are, what are you going to do? It's better to be prepared for something like that. Um, and, and that's just not the vehicle thing, right? But in, in, I guess overall in life, it's better to be prepared for someone to judge you off of something um, that you fully have control over. And that's appearance, cleanliness. Um, like, yeah, you well, there's a... There's a good parallel. I mean, I do look at guys' tools and judge the crap out of them. Like if I see a guy that's got patch built up on his trowel and you can tell that he's never washed it. That's a carpet guy. (laughs) Pulling pulling out a a scraper to scrape the the patch off or he's got to bang it on the, I mean, that kind of stuff. I'm like, clean your equipment. This is what makes you money keep your stuff clean. And we preach that to our employee installers, obviously. We don't have the the need uh, or the the ability to control that with subs, obviously, but it is a telltale sign of how well, like a guy that keeps his equipment, uh, I'll say the whole crew that keeps their equipment clean and, and, and nice, they are more likely to keep your job site clean and nice than somebody who has a messy mess of everything. Well, they care. And, and that goes back to what you said about the culture thing. Um, I know that my tools are my investments, right? The tools are, are, most of the tools you buy are temporary, but I am still going to treat them really well because they're only going to work as good as you keep them. And it, 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 you're maintaining them like crap they're going to work like crap. They're not going to last as long as they should. But Daniel will tell you, we'll buy something. And he was like, hey, we got to replace this. What? We got to replace it. We just bought that. He's like, dude, we just bought that. 2017. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, <laughs> uh, man, I know like, I know we could have got more out of it. And, 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 and that goes back to say the tool thing. Like I have tools at home that I have had probably 20 years now. No, nobody's allowed to touch those tools, right? They're, those are mine. Nobody touches them. I don't ever borrow them out. They're, they're mine. They're mine. They've been well kept. Nobody touched them. They're, they're, majority of them are not just for flooring, but because I know I've taken care of them and I don't want to put that responsibility in someone else's hands. So I got a good good thing going with them. 20 years, man. Yeah, you got a relationship with your tools at that point. 100%. <laughs> well it, it it also boils down to efficiency if you have to pull out your it's so much easier to clean a patching trial or something like that when you're done with it and the stuff's wet there's no doubt about that that's not up for debate and it's also not up for debate that it your tool is going to be in better shape in a year uh than if you than if you constantly have to beat it to death to get the patch off or 
you know, your buckets are always full of crap and you got to beat the crap out of them to, to mix new patch up. Those things are, are not like efficiency wise, you get on a job. It's, it is easier to clean them out when they're wet. It's just like pushing this can down the road and taking care of your equipment. Um, you know, we've had a whole podcast on uh, those types of items, but they come right back in here because that's the point though. If you're going to hire somebody that maybe the Andy Priscilla uh, equivalent to going and looking at their car is go look at their tools, go see how they take care of their, their stuff before you hire them make sure that you're in line because how they take care of their own is exactly how they're going to take care of yours. I can tell you that. Yeah. I, I typically try to return things in better condition than what I got them. Um, and that's just, that's just me, right? Like I don't, I don't want to be the reason that something breaks when I give it back. Yeah. So how's, uh, you know, guys, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think that the, the key takeaways here uh, are, you know, kind of like Roland said, know, know where your weaknesses are and hire for those. The right people on the in the bus is, uh, you know, there's a book, Good to Great, as well as Traction from Gino that uh, both talk about putting the right people on the, you know, having the right people on the right seat. You can have the right person, but in the wrong seat. So even in your uh, you know, install company, you can have the wrong people in the wrong seat. So knowing what you need to hire for is not, it's just not always hiring a, uh, another installer. Sometimes it can be making you more efficient as an installer by having somebody take the phone calls or processing the work orders and doing your billing and, and making sure that, you you know you, you have your materials on site and your guys are and and your crews are all lined up and stuff so you know evaluate that and um you know prevent the pitfall of going into uh, either hiring or going into business with somebody that doesn't match your personality or match your your uh culture and um you know growing if you can hire the guys as W-2, that's ideal anyway. Uh, this subbing to a sub thing is, a, a to me, a problem in our industry that we need to figure out how to not have happen. Um, you can team up with a sub, but another sub if you need help on a job or something, but like just subbing your work out to other subs, almost being like a broker, um, that's just taking margin out of the actual installer's pocket and to me doesn't makes sense but um those are yeah, some of the pitfalls I, dave garden said hi like he's gonna what's up dave here here i'll get out here we'll let we'll let we'll let them introduce themselves real quick all right tony, tony sit down here. say hi to these guys don't you come around this way tony so you don't trip you guys all know me Hey, so for everybody, everybody in the audience, we got Dave Garden with CFI coming in. You talk about a guy that's uh, built some crews up over the years. That's Tony Buckard. Hey, Tony, what's up, what's up man? So, that Tony was the uh, last uh, president of CFI in our old format. Yep. He was, uh, he, Tony's uh, an inspiration to all of us. He actually runs a CCS in Fort Wayne right now. Best part about that is he is our tech line. <laughs> <laughs> his cell phone. Yeah, we run up to Tony. Tech line. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. So how, how's the show starting off for you guys? I think it, the, the team meeting, we thought we did today was a team meeting. I think it went okay. It went, uh, it went, uh, went what's that? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, other than, other than Jose and Dan getting up and leaving, I did just, you know, <laughs> and the whole, the thing about it is right when they were leaving is when we were going to highlight their activities. <laughs> and so the only activity we highlighted was their butts as they're walking out the door. <laughs> well, just in time. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's all it is. It's just a team meeting today. We went over, uh, I think it was a productive team meeting. Yeah. Uh, we went over some things and um, learned some things and, 
And that's about it. The, the meat and potatoes, it happens when you get here. Uh, but, uh, well, I'll be there tomorrow morning. Yeah. And uh, for everybody watching, I, the CFI that we always talk about on the huddle here, these are the guys that make it happen behind the scenes, always working to put together great training uh, events and sessions and, and trying to figure out the right, you know, whether it's um, the right curriculum for a new training or, or where uh, particular needs are across the nation. These guys, these guys make it happen. So when we talk about CFI, these are the guys, but you know, behind the scenes making it all work. And, and so Dave is, you know, just to maybe tell you a little bit, and I'll let Dave expand on this, but Dave, you, you ran a large uh, installation team. And one of the, th today's topics, actually, the topic of the day was managing installation teams as you're growing, you know, maybe you're a one or two person crew, and then you start hiring other crews and you start to get that pain of them not fulfilling the the need or maybe they don't have the same work ethic as you and so we were talking about some of them pitfalls and you were a guy that grew a a large install team so uh well, maybe you can expand on that a little bit hey when i i, I used to have hair enough said enough said but uh no the thing is you can't hire yourself all right, and it's the first thing you have to understand. You got to be able to put faith in other people to do their jobs, provide them with the training that is necessary. And the the, the real big thing is you don't want to give somebody a project that will hurt them. So you have to understand and know who you have working for you. And as you scale that, then you have to hire people that understand that in their own community as you scale that to other communities. And that's And that's difficult because you become – you go from managing a handful of crews to managing the people that are managing the crews. That's, that's the, that's the hard, that was the hardest scale for me. Uh, that was the hardest jump for me because my comfort zone is with the installer. Right. Well, yeah. I, I, what I found out that I was, I was really great at uh, building the company and maybe not so great at managing the company, <laughs> you know, it, uh, because, because managing the company is about the people you hire to manage. All right. And you need that. And when you get to that point where you got to help, you, you got to rely on those people and you got to have trust that they're going to do their jobs. And then if they, you can't trust them, you got to be willing to make that change in a hurry because it cannot cost you your crew. All right. And yeah. One thing that I've, that I'll tell people is that when, what I like to do when I go to a warehouse, when I was uh, running uh, 14 warehouses, you show up to the warehouse, I go to that back alley. Go to that back alley and help the guys unload their trucks and, and get to know the helpers. Why? Well, think about it. Those helpers are going to give you more information about what's going on in that job than you're ever going to hear when you step inside that job, right? <laughs> but the other thing is, is you're building relationships. And those relationships are important. So, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is now is after we scaled that company and got it really big, I would, I would go in to try to do a training and I'd have to convince people I installed carpet or I installed. <laughs> don't you know me? Well, no, they don't know. you. <laughs> they don't yeah. know you. And so it, 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 you're never just an installer. Remember that you're never just an installer, but you can't hire yourself because yourself won't work for you. What right? do you say yourself to the guy? What, what do you say to the guy that, or the crew that, uh, you know, the lead, lead person on a crew that you know has a lot of demand on him uh that you know because they do good work they got more and more like pressure to do more you know i i own a flooring company and our good guys we lean on i mean it's just natural that like i know he can do it i know he's on this job but maybe as soon as he's done there we can get him over here and you're you're kind of and so then they start going and, and hiring some some uh, crew members, and that's where it starts to fall apart if they don't do um, quality, quality hiring. What, what, what's the pitfalls there? Constant training. Because the pitfalls are, uh, a, a is if you hire people, and there's only so many ladders down that chain before somebody can't afford to make a living. All right? Yeah. And so you got to be careful of that and how you set people up. Because if you've got, just because you've got, 
your your A crew or whatever you're going to call him, uh, your Apex guy. Uh, he's he's great for you, but the guy he hires is not that he's not going to be the same as that guy, even though he's getting trained by him, but he's also getting paid less. And so that you have to be careful because it, it, there's, there's no reason to run a business if you're not going to make any money. There's no, there's no reason. So make sure that uh, from my standpoint, I got to make sure that that apex guy can afford to pay his guy correctly. And then I got to make sure that his guy, he's, he's actually filtering it down to his guy. And when we're crossing, there's a lot of gray area here because because as soon as you tell somebody how to run their business, what's that make them? An employee. It yeah, doesn't, an make employee. Them, doesn't make them there. So there's a lot of gray area there that and I found I'm gonna put a plug in here. The more certifications and trainings I did inside my warehouse, uh the the more I got to know everybody that was working for everybody. And and so you got to you, you you would hear things that you didn't know, um, and then the point is to make sure you're doing things with them. Now, Dwayne, who lives in your community, has something completely special. I mean, he has his guys out for barbecues, right? <laughs> Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne, you can't know that guy without loving him, right? So yeah. so if you work for him, you you know him. He, he has. I could just see Dwayne having 14 warehouses. And going into a different community, and just 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 to make sure that he had a barbecue out back for everybody. <laughs> but but Mo, think about this. It's his genius, though, because he's getting to know everybody in a social setting where they want to know him. And and that and that. So if you want to scale something, and you want guys to feel comfortable where they're at, you need to make sure they're comfortable with you as a leader. And without that, there, there's it's just just a job and not a career. It's just a placeholder not the place they want to be. And, and that makes, yeah. a, it makes a big difference. Yeah, we touched on that earlier a little bit that, you know, one of the keys to hiring is making sure if you're small and you don't, your your installation company is small and you don't feel like you have a culture, you do discover what that culture is. And it may just boil down to your personality, but in either regard, you got to make sure you're hiring right. Mm-hmm. And that the people that you bring on match you or match your company's culture. Pruitt's a good example, to be honest with you. He's very, um, he's outgoing and and very uh, robust is the good way I could put it. If you're a very quiet person uh, and that that bothers you, or if he can't get a rise out of you here and there, uh, or you don't get his uh, silly jokes or something, uh, you know, there, you can hire wrong. And and I know he'd tell you, you know, he's he's made some hires where the personality fit just was not there. And so that's one of the things that just because you can install doesn't mean it's a good hire. Well, you have to remember the most important thing about scaling, Paul, is if if you comes up if you come up short on payroll on a Friday, good luck getting work out on Monday. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you pay your installers before you pay yourself. That's it. That's the best, best advice I can give anybody because your installers come into your shop and they see and they they see a check that is short because you can't afford them. And then they see you pulling a boat down the road. That's it's 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 a that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Problem when you can't pay your guys. So make sure that that you pay them first. All right. That's uh, That's, that's good advice. (laughs) <laughs> Good advice to every crew out there is make sure your guys are paid and, you know, pay them what they're worth too. Uh, as another note, you know, if they're, if they're knocking out of the park for you, make sure you're knocking out of the park for them. Yeah. Hey, we got to go finish cleaning up. <laughs> okay. Well, Hey, we're going to, we're going to close this sucker down. So thank you guys for, for joining and, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Tony, Tony, thank you for so- talking so much. Oh yeah. Dave just, <laughs> Dave went down. Man, man down. Man, sniper. <laughs> He's over there. He's up there. I seen him. Dave wears a size 28 shoe, so he his his toe got caught. <laughs> we didn't get that on video though. I did. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing, getting on the elevator right now. No, that that what he just said, that's 100% right as a leader you have to eat last and I always plug 
plug Simon Sinek, and that's what he always says. There's, he has a book called Leaders Eat Last, and that's true, right? Because as a leader, um, he goes into, like, the military and how, you know, that's where he got it from is in the military, you, you see everyone that is in a lead position, they let everyone else eat, and then they'll eat. And I didn't realize until, you know, I, I really started listening to it, but that's how I've always been. You know, even as if I'm cooking – as the cook, I'm always like, you're cooking, you're cooking, you're cooking. And then, all right, it's time to eat. And everyone's always like, hey, why aren't you eating? I'll just, you know, you guys eat. And then, I, then I'll grab something. You know, it's funny as he says that. And I never thought about it like that. I just always ate last because I thought it was the right thing to do. I just always. Well, it is. Last. It's like it that serpent. It's almost like that serpent's heart. And, and, and as a leader of other people, you, you, you you want to serve them and uh it's interesting that it it boils down to food but well, it's true i think i think what you you have to start thinking about um in business it relates to your life right a lot of things that you do in business is your life like you said it's a personality thing yeah and your if your personality is uh a, that leadership personality it translates over into work so the, the more that you can realize that hey this what i'm doing in my personal life is gonna trickle into my work life and you know vice versa you start putting those together and it's, you don't realize that you have you've had a leadership trait for a really long time it just took you a long time in order to put it in play and that's then crazy. and then you start realizing man i, I never really like listening to these books it's like i never realized that that's how i was so so everybody in my household at home listening we just figured out why I'm like that. <laughs> That's never even uh, dawned to me. I always just took it as uh, um, just the right thing to do. So, so when you're yeah. when you're hiring and stuff, and just look at Dwayne's cookouts, right? You can learn a lot from someone just by watching them at the cookout. Who's going to be hanging over here waiting for all these people to eat, and then they'll go get their plate. You know, they're they're fine with taking the the few things that are left over. Yeah. As long as everyone else is, you know, happy and they're they're totally satisfied with that. And yeah, they're handing out that are like, boom, food ready. I'm gonna eat. Yeah, they're handing out beers to the guys as they're, yeah. you know, they're yeah. It's it's um. I think that uh, you know one one part of this that has came up here at the end is leadership. Uh, I think you got to evaluate if you're a leader or not if you're going to be leading other people. So um, I think a cool thing to talk about just for the last couple of minutes here is what books have you read um, that, that kind of point towards, you, you mentioned Simon Sinek. He's always been a, 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 you know, the ask, you know, his, his book about, uh, I forget the title, but it's basically uh, what's the, what's your why your why uh, yeah um and then you know the uh seven habits of an effective leader is a book that i've read and there's a um, lot of books that tie into it right it doesn't have to just be specifically about leadership but can it be about building um yourself uh into that person like the was that 5 a.m club make your bed uh, uh, my miracle morning there's uh, there's there's so invest in yourself is the point, right? The yeah, invest in yourself. And, and I think if you if you find an author that you like and you listen to, or you read, what you're gonna find is that they have authors that they like and they plug in mm -hmm. their books. So it's like, oh, let me write that down so I can listen to that. And and you'll you'll see that a lot, right? It's this person said this in this book, and I really relate to it in what I'm trying to teach you here. So it just you can actually find one author and expand on it just by listening to that one person. Yeah. And get around other people that are growing and, and have that energy of like building their business or building themselves, you know, hang out with those kinds of people. Uh, I've always found that environment really impacts the way people uh, grow and how they act. And so, you know, getting around good people, which means, my shameless plug back to getting to conventions and, and doing what these guys are doing right, right. now. Yeah. I'll be flying out at 5.30 in the morning to join them. 
and, and you when know. you really boil it down right um that's why i think i like simon sinek a lot is because it's not even uh finding stuff about helping yourself it's he he relates it a lot to there you know there's a lot of books on you know help yourself your help yourself books or right there's nothing about help other people and that's what he kind of tries to tie it into it's I want to help other people and I think that really resonates with me because I mean just look at what we're doing right now we're not on here to of course it's you know giving me information that's going to help myself okay. it's going to help our business but at the same time I don't want people to to have the same struggles as me or as you did it's like we want to help you guys out as well and mm -hmm. I think that's why I bring up Simon Sinek a lot is because man it's if if we're always just focused on how can I help myself how can I help myself we kind of lose sight of what we're really here for and it's how can I help someone else you'll find you'll find that helping someone else is actually in turn helping yourself anyway right because it's well it's like they say you're not fulfilling help enough other people right it always comes back around I wish baby sister I think baby sister's on a call over there actually but that's what she's been dealing with a lot lately is she's been talking to me about karma and mm -hmm. how how karma, you know, one thing over here is going to come full circle at some point. So it's just you you have to do it with the with the mindset of I don't I don't want anything from what I'm giving you, but eventually that karma is going to catch up. Yeah. And and it, um for, for those out there listening, like if, if you don't relate to the way uh Simon Sinek's delivery is find somebody that you like that speaks to you right um that's what there's there's a lot of people out there that, that have a lot of good motivational uh books uh, uh content, content content there you go content they have but it's got to resonate with you um and until you find that person or or that content you're just going to be floating with the wind yeah well it boils down to trying to improve yourself. So get around the right people. You know, obviously you guys uh, have invested in yourself and invest in other people as well. And at the, like the apex for me or what, what really makes me feel better about uh, maybe a bad day is, is if I am able to help somebody get through a tough time. It doesn't always mean money. Sometimes it is. Sometimes I help with that. But a lot of times it's talking to a friend about a difficult situation they may be going through um, or talking to an installer uh, that works for us about a difficult situation they're going through. So be there for people. Uh, but also, like you said, don't have the intent of getting something back. That's where you run the whole mojo. And I know we got onto a little bit of personal development here, but at the end of the day, what is a leader? It's somebody who invests in other, in their in their their people and and thus invest in themselves. So, like you got to be willing to do that and get yourself in the right environment. And again, like getting to convention and being around Dave and 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 Tony and and Daniel and Jose and all these guys that are there. There's a big group of people at the conventions. Um, there's some mainstays there that you'll get to know. And they can help you in your business. They can help you through a journey that you may be uh, fighting with as an installer. Most of us, if you specifically at CFI, you know, most of us installed that go to those shows. So, you know, if you're trying to grow an installation business, Dave grew a massive install business. Yeah, he's very modest uh, about it too. Like he does never. He, 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 he never is modest about it. it. Very modest about it. Not my place to say but, what it was, but just know that. Yeah pretty large he's a smart guy yeah so listen to those guys they're right there for your uh for your your um you know conversation when you go to uh to the conventions and stuff so i know i push out a lot and so do these guys so in the meeting someone said something trying to i think it was josia might have said no it, it wasn't josia it was someone on the other side but they they said um you know, I'm not going to teach you everything I know, right? Because that'll take forever. I'm not just going to start explaining everything I know. But if you have a question, 100% come and ask me and we'll dive into it. So that's what you have to do in, in these situations. It's you come here and you're like, I need to know about this. This person is going to be there. Let me make time 
to ask them this question. It's not a matter of going and say, hey, teach me everything you know about business. It's, hey, I'm having an issue with this one thing. What can I do about it? And that, that's, being, that's how you have to approach it. And Being and intentional. I, yeah. Yes. And that's how I, that really touches me because there has been some people and it's, you know, focused more on the resilient flooring than anything, but that's what they do is they come up to us and it's like, Hey, I'm really having an issue on welding an outside corner. What kind of tips do you have for me? And it's, it's like be intentional like that. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we've ran to the end of the, the yeah, show. I cannot wait to see you guys tomorrow. And uh, if if you guys are out in the audience, you like the content, if you enjoy some of these conversations we have and bringing in different people, you know, every every time we go to a show or the guys go to a show, we, we pull in, we basically uh, hard recruit some people to come on screen with us. And exactly uh, these guys... These guys uh, followed the the protocol from previous and just went and got people again. Uh, I remember we were at CFI the 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 it was last year I believe, and just, you guys hey. just oh it was you guys and then Pruitt was bringing people over. Hey, go talk yeah. to them. <laughs> yeah, because Pruitt doesn't like so, me. Yeah, he likes to recruit everybody else. But Absolutely. all right, well, um, Florida, Orlando area, or anywhere near it, we'd love to see you. The Rosen Shingle Creek. Yep. Yep. Go, come join us. Um, and I uh, hope to see some of you guys there. And I will see you guys tomorrow around. I think my flight lands about 830. So I'll see you shortly thereafter. Sounds good. We'll see you tomorrow morning. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Morning.